You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast, where you're going to hear a valuable hunting-based conversation that's tailored for us Southern folk. If you love what we do and would like to support Southern Ground Hunting, you can visit patreon.com forward slash southern ground hunting, or you can click on the link in the show notes below. We'd love for you to join the Southern Ground Hunting community today. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash southern ground hunting. You can also support us by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps more than you know, and we greatly appreciate it. And now, let's get to the show. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. I'm joined by Brent Stubblefield and James Moffitt. So I'm going to give you guys separate introductions, though. So Brent is the owner. Uh, tell me your tell me your exact title for join or die, Brent. <laughs> yeah, I'm the owner and the head janitor and uh, all of everything the at join or die knives. Yeah, all the hats. So you you guys have probably heard us talking about uh, join or die in the last month or so, and um, I've actually had the opportunity to use the knife on a turkey hunt in Montana. Uh, freaking great stuff, man. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today uh, in this podcast, talk about the company, talk about, you know, how it came to be. But we're also here with with James Moffitt, the, the owner of Trailhead Creative, who if you follow me on Instagram, uh, I've been rocking this hoodie pretty strong, James. I've been... Mm-hmm. Uh, been repping as hard as I can. And what's really great is when I can rep the hoodie and the join or die shirts at the same time. Um, oh yeah. But so, so what people may be, may be wondering is how, how, how do these two guys, like, how do these two guys come together on the same podcast? Why does that even make sense? Well, because I know Brent through James and, uh, so really appreciate that dude. So that's kind of what you do, right? James, like you, you kind of, do that for um people like brent kind of within the the advertising space i guess yeah for sure um so trailhead's like a branding and content creation agency or content marketing agency um so you know like a lot of what we're focused on is like building communities and like helping the brands we work with like get into communities that make sense for them to be in in like an authentic way and um Brent and I actually go back like way before that. I think I just started seeing his knives on like Instagram and stuff. And obviously like just being someone that likes nice knives. I was like, okay, this is cool. I'm going to give him a follow. Um, That was, I think like around the time that he was kind of starting out too. Um, Mm -hmm. And a couple of years into what he was doing, I actually had him right after my grandfather died. I had Brent make a custom knife for me uh, with my grandfather's like, 25 year or no it was his retirement pin um from roadway trucking um that i got when he passed um and took that to brent and had brent make me like a like a custom knife with that pin like laid into the handle 
which was super cool and something that he took on, like no questions asked basically and went straight to it, which was awesome. Um, and we've just kind of stayed connected ever since through that and just through like both being kind of involved in the maker community. Uh, and then over the years, like as I've grown trailhead and Brent's grown join or die, it's kind of changed into a relationship where now I handle a lot of the marketing and stuff for join or die as well. And, you know, try to work to help link them up with people like you. And like I said, at the beginning, uh, help get them into some of those communities and, you know, position the knives where we can. So Brent, you're a, you're a hunter, right? Like, I know you just showed me a picture of your your deer head and all that stuff. Did did hunting play a part in the like kind of starting of join or die at all? Uh yeah, I did. Um I'm from South Alabama. I would go hunting with my dad and everything, but you know, when we didn't go hunting a ton, we did a lot more, more fishing. We were on the coast in Mobile and so it was just real normal, both inland uh freshwater at the lake and just going out either in the Mobile Bay or out in the Gulf, you know. Um, and so I wasn't really more successful or more into hunting until I was, uh, you know, in my 20s. And um, I, uh, I spent years and years trying to kind of hunt and figure that out um, with some, you know, without really any strong mentorship. Um, and then when I moved to Virginia, it was actually my father-in-law took me out, you know, on the back 40 there. Um, and where I was able to get some real mentorship and, and really learn how to do this right. Um, and so, you know, it came a little later. Um, I'd like to say that I appreciate it more because it, it was a harder road for me than just getting put in the stand as a 10 year old and shooting a trophy buck kind of thing. Um, and, you know, trying to find ways to go on public land and stuff and like, uh, Illinois or Mississippi, other places that I've lived um, and <laughs> striking out so much. Um, and in the same way with different hobbies that I tried when I used to kind of be like a renovation contractor, I do different things, woodwork, and uh, I've been a musician for a long time and uh, working on guitars. And once I like that knife brought everything together, the steel, the wood, the, the leather, art, science, traditional craft. I mean, it's just amazing. And then when I, you know, skin, you know, field dressed and skinned the first deer with a knife I made, I mean, I'm talking about just everything came together, high emotions. This is the place where I need to be right here, you know, and that's kind yeah. of it's rested in history. Bro, that was an inspiring, like, uh, origin story. That was great. Yeah. Um, and, and here's the thing, dude, like, uh, I've heard you say similar things, you know, in our, our initial conversations and um, I kind of I kind of knew your background and all that stuff. But the first thing that I think about whenever I think of knife companies are the uh, the, the dudes, the like Middle Eastern guys that send you or that troll all the Facebook groups and say you should buy my knife. <laughs> um, and so the first time James ever mentioned you to me obviously there's a stereotype in my head right of like knife maker mm -hmm. um and so but I, I trusted his advice james i believe what you said was he's cut from the same cloth as us uh and by that like the musician um scene kid you know grew up in the mm -hmm. hardcore music scene tattoos stuff like that and so yeah. you know my once i kind of know that background then I start to see like the stuff on social media, like this is not, this is not like flea market knife stuff. And <laughs> I want people to kind of get that out of their mind when you hear knife maker, like this is like custom, really high quality stuff. Uh, obviously, Brent, that seems like it could be a real temptation as a craftsman to just produce like mass, right? Like cheaply make a bunch of stuff. You're really good at what you do, but I don't believe you do that. Right. Like you put a lot of, a lot of sweat equity into each creation that you make. Yeah, that's correct. Um, yeah. Uh, so lots to address there, but I'll keep it short. Essentially. Yeah. We make everything by hand. The only thing that I don't do personally is if I'm doing a large batch of knives, I order the steel and I drive one block down the road and take it into the machine shop uh, at Rayco and they shoot the knives out for me with their laser. 
Um, cutting the outside edges and the drilling the holes in that initial thing is just, there's really no artisanship in that. All the good stuff is heat treat, bevel geometry, um, and you know, all that, and that, that's all in-house. So we do our own heat treating. I grind every single knife that comes out. Um, you know, each knife usually touches three people touch it. Um, and then I've got, you know, a college guy in here doing my sheaths. I want to grow this business and sell a lot more knives, but I'm not interested in changing the fundamental way that we make the knives. Um, I think that people, as long as they understand that an American company that's paying American prices and American wages is making something just down the road, they're, they, they get it. And, you know, they want that quality and even the intangible of, you know, made in America, not the flea market thing. You know, there's a lot of great knife companies that are um, that are making good knives out there that that are made in America, but they're completely machine made. And so they're able to get their prices down, things like that. And uh, those are still great knives, but they just do not have the touch that we have. Yeah, and that's like just to kind of echo what Brent's saying is like why I love working with him. And, you know, so much of what Trailhead about is like is working with brands that like stand behind their product and that invest into their product in that way and that are really like doing things the right way you know like i feel like anymore from like a marketing perspective it's so easy to just slap like a sick logo and some good social media behind just like a totally crap like chinese made product and jip a bunch of people out of money and you know like join or die is not that thing like i know that like brent's hands are touching those knives i know that if there's even the most imperfection from having taken like the knife class with the, like that, that knife's not going out the door. Um, and I know that like what, what you're getting from him is something that's like, you're going to be able to hand it down to your, your son or your daughter one day. And it's going to be exactly as good as it is when you have it, you know? Dude. And, and, and now I've, I've touched five of the knives. They'll sent me five knives and i've used two of them um but let me tell you about these knives like what you said about passing them down like each one that they're solid right like you just kind of have in your mind i've never been a knife guy right like i've never been i've always bought cheap knives from walmart and use one of them a year and then throw it out you know what i mean uh i've used um like the havilon Gerber skinning knives, right? Right, like the replaceable blade uh -huh. knives, um, and those have their 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 pros for sure, as far as size and stuff. You know, they're they are what they are, um, but they're not like your knife, right? They're not the knife that's going to get stuff done. And uh, but each of these knives, it's like you can feel the craftsmanship. You can see the craftsmanship, like it's almost perfect, <laughs> like like they're like no flaws. And dude, it, it's just a lot to appreciate in in a knife. And um, I, I want to know about the name. This name, join or die. Where did that come from? Well, a lot of people have seen the uh, the logo with the snake on it, the snake that's cut up with the original thirteen colonies on it, and that was uh, printed in the Pennsylvania Gazette in seventeen fifty four. It was done by Benjamin Franklin. It's considered America's first political cartoon, and uh, essentially, I like it because it's pre i don't know it seems to predate the more divisive um political stuff at least so far nobody's co-opted it for any kind of a modern thing i know unfortunately you know the uh people can't seem to leave those historical things you know for everyone and sometimes they'll grab something like the tea party grab the uh the um Gasted flag, you know, which is don't tread on me. And I get a little there, but, you know, I just consider it a fundamental tenet of respect for people to be, let them be able to judge the knives and not to put any kind of political stuff in their face. And I know nowadays it's just people think they have, you know, a platform to do that um, through their company, but nobody cares what you think about politics, man. We just want to see the product. Is it good? Is it not good? Don't throw that stuff at me. So for me, this is, this is more about, the meaning of the, the historical context of the joiner die, the, the unity. And, uh, and I lived in a commune in uh, Chicago for seven years as a, as in a, it was an inner city mission. Um, and so 
we, you know, as a church that all lived in the same building, we ran homeless shelters and, and different music ministries and stuff there. And so when I say community, I mean something different than like a lot of people say like the music community around us. You just mean all the people that like the same stuff. Uh, living in a community to me is means a lot more um, from my back my past experience. It's like where people come together and they don't just run off if there's a problem. Um, all our imperfections really create, um, you know, friction. And we have the choice to either just say, ah, that guy, you know, got to my nerves, gets on my nerves, or you're going to do life together and you're going to figure that stuff out because you have a mission together. And, you know, like in a church mission setting, it's very clear, but also like whether it's a company, whether it's just a group of people that like, uh, like we have a company, Join or Die Knives. We want to sell knives. That's a mission. But we have the Hardware Workshop, which is our knife making community where guys come and make knives here and our members and the mission there is to really uplift everybody that comes in here give them a home away from home to have a good place to work i mean so many people work at places that they just hate and maybe the work is meaningless but also because of that people just they're hopeless they're just they're bringing a lot of negativity into the environment and like that's like this world is not going to change until like we just you know try to make um places you know, that, that uplift people. And so for us here, it's like, it matters to us what it's like here when we work, you know what I mean? And when yeah. somebody's kind of getting some negativity coming in, we, we, we really try to address it and say, Hey guys, we, we, we make a lot of sacrifices to come here and make knives. It'd be a lot easier to go just work somewhere and make better money and stuff like that. And let somebody else worry about running a business. Um, so we make these sacrifices. Why don't we not suffer? Why don't we, you know, treat each other with, you know, the respect that we should and all that. And so all of that comes together. So like that join or die in a word actually could stand in for community, but it's a knife making company. We don't like, you know, knit sweaters. So we wanted to sound <laughs> tough, you know, so it kind of yeah. comes all together in that. And then James is the connection with him is that he has that mindset. He has a community mindset, making connections, his work with Beyond Boundaries and some of the nonprofits in the area. Um, when, you know, when we started to think about doing that, we could tell that this was going to be something that was going to be a little bit bigger than just a, a business partnership. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I think Brent and I are kind of cut from the same cloth in a lot of ways in that sense. And like, that's part of what Trailhead does too, you know, just more in like the creative community. Like I'm really trying to foster a collective where, you know, content creators and writers and photographers and videographers or whoever like are able to come together and like share their talents to contribute to, you know, each other and growing their businesses and also to contribute to the greater good. So we donate on average like 30% of our work a year to nonprofits um, just to help our community. So be that like a group like Beyond Boundaries or, uh, you know, a conservation organization or whatever it is, like it's important to us that we're involved in things that, uh, we want to be involved with just because they matter and just because they're like, they're helping people or they're helping things that we care about. Um, and we, you know, we're not necessarily focused on making a buck off of them as much as we are and just like advancing those causes. Um, and I'm pretty determined to bring like other creatives into that or, you know, marketers or whatever uh, to use those skill sets just to, to do something that's, that's positive and that helps, you know, our, our community at a large. Do you want to know more about saddle hunting? Well, you can go to tetherednation.com for all your saddle hunting needs. Tethered is for saddle hunters, by saddle hunters, and they're redefining ultralight hunting. If you know me, you know that I love to have a system for all of my hunting equipment, where everything works together, and we preach about it a lot on this podcast. When you buy from Tethered, you can rest easy knowing that all your gear is designed to work together as a system. Saddles, platforms, ropes, climbing sticks, and a ton of other great gear just for saddle hunting can be found by visiting tetherednation.com today. That's tetherednation.com. Check them out. Whether you're looking for a new knife for the field or the perfect everyday carry, you've got to check out Join or Die Knives from Richmond, Virginia. Join or Die is a small shop and a custom knife maker dedicated to creating handmade knives that are cut above the rest. They make custom handmade knives to fit any need from the field, the kitchen, or just an everyday carry. And they come in several different steel and finish options. They've also got a ton of options for the handle as well. 
Plus, if you don't see something you like, you can always order a completely custom knife forged to your exact specs. I highly recommend you check them out. Get yours at joinordieknives.com and use the code SGHUNT to save 10%. That's all uppercase, all one word, S-G-H-U-N-T. Well, so you guys, James, you specifically just there, just right then, teed me up. If I were able to announce what I talked to you about the other day, if I were able to share that with anybody yet, you teed it, you teed me up, but I can't. So yeah, well, we can't talk about yeah. that. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I'm anxiously <laughs> awaiting it. <laughs> so everybody listening to this now knows that everybody knows that there's something, something is going to happen, something exciting yeah. in the next couple months is happening right here and uh and you guys are going to be a part of it and um here's the coolest thing like so one of the things that we we've been trying to figure out here in the last i don't know uh year or so is how to um capitalize on that and so that's a huge part of what i'm talking about with community um community building and essentially community building within our region um uh, of hunters you know like there is an obvious difference uh, between the culture of hunting in southern states versus Midwestern and Northern. And uh, and for so long, you know, southern guys have been underrepresented in, in a lot of ways um, just because the hunting down here is different. It's harder. It's different. You know, there's there's things about it. And so uh, not to give any way, give away too many more teasers, but that's going to have a lot to do with. Uh, what we're doing with our Patreon and, um, you know, really focusing on building a community. And so whenever in our first conversation, you guys were talking about that, uh, basically everything you just mentioned mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. having and creating this community, it was, for me, it was a no brainer. Like, let's, let's get in with this. And, and even before that, James, our conversation, um, before any type of partnership, with join or die our conversation just me and you chatting uh i could obviously tell that there was um kind of that push behind what you're doing and so i'm always going to be on board when, when we're talking about that kind of stuff i easily get on board with community building yeah oh yeah man 100 percent. and that's like what drew me to you in the first place is like a i was like oh hey here's like another guy in the space that's tattooed and kind of has like a little bit more of like a different perspective on some of this stuff overall and then be like you're saying just seeing like the representation of like the kind of terrain that we hunt in and like the kind of deer that we hunt and the fact that like not everything is like iowa or you know mountains in montana and stuff like that i mean those places are amazing and it's beautiful and it's obviously like i would kill somebody to hunt there probably but it's also like not my day-to-day -day reality um so you know i love like seeing what you guys are doing and just seeing stuff that's a little more real to like the types of places that i hunt which is awesome um but, you know like i'm reconnected because of that and you know i think that what you guys are doing as far as like building a community for more hunters in, in this region is awesome and the focus on accessibility is awesome you know because like hunting is one of those things that uh like all of us are really lucky to be able to do like there's there's a amount of like privilege to some of that because it takes time it, it can cost a ton of money if you let it and you know it's uh and you have to have places to do it and transportation to get to those places you know all those types of things and so it's everybody's lucky to be able to do it and i think like fostering a sense like making that community like as welcome as possible and as inclusive as possible and creating opportunities for people to get into it is absolutely huge. absolutely well i want to talk about i want to talk about some product stuff i want to talk about maybe some of your offerings um with uh with joiner die knives um i've gotten to use several of of the knives i've used the uh rimfire fieldmate uh or field fieldmate rimfire whichever order it goes in um by far it was the one i chose and i like it i love it um but then i also used i think y'all just announced what you were going to name it the snack um 
And, dude, I'm just, I know I said it a while ago, it just feels different. It just, it, it's just different than, than skinning a, an animal with a Walmart knife or even, mm. even some of the, the some of the, st- like the surgical steel removable blade Havilon knives, like those are supposed to be super sharp. This thing from the freaking factory is just like razor sharp. Absolutely. Like, and it, and in what, from what I've seen, it maintains its edge. So I want to know a little bit about your process and how you um, how you ensure that each knife comes from the factory ready to freaking go. Yeah, well, uh, the truth is that we stand there at the at the uh, machine with a uh, with the final step with the leather strop with a piece of paper, making sure that it slides easily through the piece of paper. You know, <laughs> so you know we sharpen it. It's me or actually my brother in law Jack are the only two that sharpen. Um, so we, we don't even let anybody sharpen them unless they're like, you know, gotten a lot of practice. But And we don't sharpen on stones here in the shop because we make enough knives where we really need to use our, our machines. But we have um, speed control, so we get really slow, so we don't overheat things. But I'm going to tell you, Parker, it's really about the geometry of the entire knife, not just the edge. So one of the reasons that those, um, those replaceable blades and even just like a um, – like a utility blade for um, for construction is so thin is because the thinner it is, the lower the angle can be and the sharper it can be. You know what I mean? Um, and so we have our, our overall geometry. I have a thick blade to start with, but I try to grind that bevel down so that it comes to a very thin edge. Oftentimes as I'm grinding them, they actually will get sharp and I'll have to kind of unsharpen them before the end of the process. But I have to get them down so that they're thin enough to really be nice and sharp. But everything's a compromise with the knife. The hardness, toughness, the the thinness to get really nice and sharp, but the thickness to have the durability and the robustness. Um, and I've just learned that I was pretty much for a long time making them too thick. But if you get the right heat treat and the right steel, you can bring those knives down thin, and they're going to perform really well. And when they're more thin coming down to that cutting edge, you're going to have to remove less material in the future to make it sharp rather than sitting there grinding away at it. And the worst thing that you could do to a knife is take it to like a, a grinder wheel in your shop or something. Cause you're just going to, I mean, I've got guys that, that come to bring knives to me that are, they're like a toothpick in a few years. <laughs> and it's because of the way they're just grinding so much steel off when they were, you know what I mean? And yeah. a knife can last for decades without getting that small. As long as people understand you know, how to, how to kind of keep that edge pretty sharp rather than let it get just completely blunt and then having to completely regrind it. So our steel type, you know, uh, we're, we very carefully select that. Our heat treat, um, we do a lot of experimentation on the heat treat uh, in-house to get it where we want it. And then, you know, just being really careful about how they come together. I mean, I really appreciate you talking about, you know, it just feels so good to, to hear that they work good because, you know, you make them, you make them, you make them, and then you think – Man, there's a lot of these knives out there. I hope they're working for people. I don't know, you know. So we, um, I've learned the most out of making knives and just sticking them in my own pocket, and then kind of being a little hard on them, you know, to try to see if I can mess them up. So yeah, and I gotta say real quick, just to like let the inner marketing guy and me out real fast. Um, we are doing like a ton of new video content for Join or Die, so. Speaking of sharpening and edges and all that type of stuff, uh, we actually just released like a pretty great, super in-depth in, uh, video on how to sharpen a knife. Um, so if you check out Joiner Die's YouTube channel, you can see Brent go through a pretty in-depth discussion on like how to sharpen and maintain an edge on the knife. So, mm-hmm. and and I would I would absolutely suggest anybody curious. Um, I, I feel like. And maybe this is a testament to you, James. I don't know who who's actually running that social media, but it's rock solid, and I feel like it Thanks, gives man. you um, a really good look about what the company is about, right? And mm-hmm. so you can kind of see the artistry and like, like you can see the craftsmanship through social media really, really well. It highlights highlights what y'all do really, really well. Um, I appreciate it. So That's I don't fun. know. Yep. I don't know uh, exactly how to ask this next question, but 
Um, I know you guys offer a lot of things, but one of the one of the things we talk about, even in the ad, even in our ad read, is the um, custom knives. When you say custom, Brent, what does that mean? Like, does it mean a guy can just show up and say, "Hey, I want a knife. Here's exactly what I want," or is there a sort of like kind of a, a process, a step by step that you do? How does that work? Yes. Um, so when we say custom, um, we really mean um, a made-to-order knife where the customer specs the knife. Um, you know, generally the knife, the knives that you received are knives that I've designed that are that are our production knives. They're still handmade knives and everything. But um, I would say a custom knife would be anything from I like the field mate, but I want. Um, you know, this very specific kind of handle. Can you do that for me? I'd like to bring in some antler from my buck. Can you do that? Yeah. Things like that. And then some people, I do a sketch for them based on a combination of things that they want and they sign off on, you know, a handmade sketch and then I have to go figure out how to forge that. Or somebody might say, I really like your bushcraft knife, but I kind of feel like the uh, blade needs to be like another inch long. I'd like it in this very specific Damascus pattern. Can you make that? Um, you know what I mean? And so like we, yeah. it's one. And then uh, another thing I would say on that custom level is just like, I might go over into the forge one day and make a hunter. Like I've got a hunter right now. That's a ladder pattern, Damascus stainless bolster with mammoth ivory scales on it. That's a custom that I decided to make essentially and sell nobody told me to do it but there's only one like it in the world so i'd call that custom knife too um so you know we do everything in between really all the way up to reproduction i've done you know medieval long swords uh more so i've done sabers from the revolution and the civil war um right now i'm doing about a 16 inch um mini sword it's a scaled down version of 1850s naval cutlass um to cut a wedding cake and that's uh, cool. that's because it, the 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 guys are Navy SEALs, so we're doing the Navy thing, and and they're, they're having a real cool Damascus, you know, with a full like piratey look at you know full basket guard on it kind of deal. Um, so it's like we have people order those big sets of like groomsmen uh, sets and things like that. Uh, um, it's real fun to be able like 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 how I met James, just like being able to make a piece that you know is going to be special for a long time is incredible. And I'll say um, one of the other things that made me really get into this knife making thing was that I did cut my second son's umbilical cord with a knife I made before I was real serious. But once I cut that cord with that knife I made, I knew that we would cherish that in our family forever. And so it's something about knives, you know, I mean, think about other things in, and there's some things that'll do it, but knives are, have this this thing like a lot of people could say they've got that something like that in their family when it doesn't nice yeah man and i'll just say like being down at the shop as often as i am like taking pictures of knives and just like learning more about the process and stuff just to help with the marketing and social media and whatnot like uh custom really like brent was saying like kind of doesn't mean custom like the stuff that i've seen come out of that shop at any given time is just like it's you know stuff i never would have dreamed up so there really is like I mean, I'm not going to speak for him and say there's no, there's nothing that can't be done, but like a lot of the stuff that they do is like pretty, pretty freaking incredible. But uh, like, as you're talking, I'm thinking of ideas for, <laughs> for custom lives. Like, okay, could I yeah. today get like, could I get yeah. my bone in like placed in epoxy to give to my child after I die? Like just all kinds of custom. Yeah. Lives. We have mess. Yeah. I don't want to go it's a slippery too slippery slope. We have we have messed with some human remains here and there, so I don't care, man. I'm not weird about it. I mean, it's like you know, for, you know, when you cut up deer, you go, yeah. I mean, we're that's basically like we're like that too. I mean, it's all basically you know flesh and bones. So as long as it's you know on the level, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, I was mostly joking, but I guess if listen, if, <laughs> if you want, if you want something like that, then. Join, join or or die, you know. Yeah, join or die. Yeah, we uh, I mean, I'll, I like somebody might we could cast like ashes in a resin or something. That's a lot more yeah. sentimental than it is weird, you know. Yeah, for sure. So, um, no, I mean that that perfectly answers the custom question, though. I mean, like, can you do custom? I'd say that's like, it's 
pretty dang custom. Um, mm-hmm. And so, but but going back to, uh, you know, I, I know just through following you guys, I didn't realize at first that you built that you that you created like um, culinary knives as well. So like, mm-hmm. uh, and some actual like beautiful pieces of work, like really really nice pieces of work. I'm interested to know from you, um, what was the first style of knife that you created, right? Like, what was the first, what was the thing that sparked it? Um, and I'm assuming it's not an umbilical cord knife. I don't even know if there's a specific knife for that. Um, what, what was the first one? What was the thing that sparked it all? Like, I know you've created a whole bunch of different yeah. types. What was the one that did it? Yeah, definitely the hunter. Um, there's actually... I I made a few knives and the and the design was terrible. And it wasn't until I sat down and started to draw knives that I could go, okay, what do I like, what do I don't like? I went in a drawer and I got my Gerber full tang knife that I had forever that I skinned gear with and I got a custom that my father in law had given me. I just pulled whatever out. Oh, uh, the Mora uh, the Mora knives, you know what I'm talking about? The ten dollar Swedish knives. Yeah, Love those. Yeah. I just laid them out, traced them, and started to kind of combine features. And I just came out with this sort of like three-and-a-half-inch blade, brass guard, kind of hunter, pretty simple. And um, I had been making knives here and there. I'd bring them in my my wife would say, like, that's nice, honey. And then it wasn't until I really designed the knife, I put some extra detail in it, went out to the shed, and when I got it done, I brought it in, and she said – wait a minute you made this like in surprise i knew that i was really onto something because you know she's she she's she knows me she's not real impressed by every little thing i do and so you know to have her be impressed by it i knew i was onto something and so um it was a hunter and i was really making just this, like a couple styles of hunter for a long time and the field mates is the derivation of a lot of those different shapes and sizes trying different things and essentially letting the customer decide. And, you know, um, we talk about around the shop, the customer is always right is a true statement. It just doesn't mean what people think it means. It doesn't mean that a customer is correct when they're being a jerk. What it does mean is that the customers will tell you what you're doing right with, with their wallet. Essentially, as I would make a knife and put it out on the table, somebody would buy that one, they wouldn't buy that one. So I'd make another one of the. So make another, make another. Oh, it's, it needs to be a little smaller. Okay, maybe, it's, okay, that's too small. Go back, go back. And eventually we, we came to this knife that some people, when they look at the table, they go, that's a little dinky, it's not that big. And you hold it in your hand and you go, well, I can't quite get my whole mitt around the handle like if I was holding a baseball bat, you know? And then you get it out there in the field and you start using it and you go, oh, this is perfect. I'm choked up a little bit. I'm not carrying any more weight than I need to or clunky size. The, uh, my, my pointer finger goes right to the, the point of the, the knife. It's just, just right for field dressing, skinning, cutting up boxes, cutting your cheese and apples, you know, whatever. It's just that everyday thing. And I feel like that it went from this thing that I thought it should be to what it is now based on the feedback that I got and me being – able to sit back and just listen to the feedback I was getting from everybody. So, so most of the, most of the designs that we have are actually the wisdom of all of, you know, a lot of people, not just me, all given their input, whether they're actually telling me what they think or they're voting with their, with their wallets and kind of getting me in the right zone to make the, the knife is right. Is there, is there anywhere like do you sell, knives anywhere other than online like is there any retail stores or anything like that that um sell your stuff or is everything just online based everything's online right now we do some shows here and there i just got back from blade show in atlanta and i do some different things um but uh and then there's um just a couple little retail spots um uh ones that like you know rhode island and um but i'm actually kind of working right now with a wholesale rep um, and we're going to try to be running them in some more stores. You know, I've kind of cranked up the amount of guys that I have and the ability to make the knives. And so we, we feel like that we can, we can keep this pace up all year instead of having like a very seasonal feast or famine. 
I think we could get a lot more knives out of here at the quality we're at now. And so we just need to get them in stores and stuff. So that's kind of coming, I hope, soon. But like I say, we've got another member kind of coming on as a freelance part of the team. Um, uh, and Zach Moore with Apex Solutions. And hopefully we'll get in some, some you know, outdoor store, maybe even some tactical type stuff. And, um, you know, whoever wants to carry them, we do wholesale for sure. Yeah, that is, it's just, it's so cool to, to meet somebody who's passionate about a craft, right? Um, and that's the thing that I see when I hear you talk. Uh, I mean, like, I felt like I asked you some pretty vague questions and to get the responses and how passionate you are about just the craftsmanship of the knife. And, uh, and I, I love that it's kind of rooted in that special moment cutting your son's umbilical cord like that's to me like those are the things that separate separate companies like as far as motive i guess um your motive being like to create something special for other people right like mm -hmm. that because at the end of the day it, at least for me dude and and um i know you guys are both hunters when i kill a deer or or any animal really any animal that i intend to eat and I cut it like that is a special I remember those you know what I mean mm -hmm. like uh my son it's kind of funny my son he's three years old and the first thing he asked after I shoot an animal he's like daddy we cut it because for him that was huh. kind of where I, that was where I brought him into the into the the hunting scene with me because he couldn't go hunt with me right mm -hmm. like I couldn't take him out there at two at one and two years old but he could help me process the animal right he could help me clean the animal uh, and so there is mm -hmm. a special part of a knife like and i think even that hunters can can absolutely i mean take my son out of the equation still like i remember every single one every single animal that i've harvested just i, I don't even like the word harvested but i'm going to say it in this regard um every single animal that i've harvested has been special and so every tool that i've used to to make that whole thing come together is is special. Does that make sense? You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Like, like there there's a there's an element to it all that that I think you capture, and and I'm here for it. I love it. That's awesome. I agree with the harvest. It's a little tricky. I I I appreciate the idea of of bringing like a a term that shows how special it is when you have a successful hunt. But obviously, harvest really would indicate that you you cultivated that yourself. Right. Um, but you know, maybe like every animal that I've successfully hunted might be, yeah. you know, because hunting is, you know, same with fishing. Yeah. That's why they call it fishing. That's why they call it hunting. Most of the time we don't do, <laughs> yeah. we don't get anything. Um, That's why it's special. But, and same thing with me with my, right. yeah, my boys, I have three boys and I brought them all in on the processing side and it's incredible how much they like to do it. All of them, they're different, but they all like to be involved in that process and to give them and trust them with that blade when they're a kid. And say, yeah, and yeah, you may cut yourself, but you'll heal up and uh, let them get. And they love skinning them out if they can, if they're big enough. But I'll, even if they're younger, they can help, you know, cut away, you know, the silver skin and stuff or the grind meat and uh, things like that. And um, I my let's see. So I, I usually start taking them out seven or eight, like squirrel hunting with me. And again, my whole feeling about that is to get them on small game and then let them work their way up to deer. Uh, and then, uh, so, but man, they love their feeling that they get when they, when they successfully hunt a squirrel and then, you know, bring it home and we either do like a crock pot thing or make squirrel Buffalo wings or whatever. They love, you know, they love that. Now we do have chickens and stuff and like, we just ate a rooster last week. And so that's, you know, wh whether it's connection to the craftsmanship of making a knife and knowing where it comes from. But also the connection to your food and having your children understand that something has to die when you eat meat and then really bring it into their face and have them be a part of the processing of that acquiring of the food. You know, I'd like to say the knife thing is special and it is, but man, <laughs> uh, putting that into another human being's, you know, heart as something that's special to them that they're going to have with them the rest of their life, you know, is a real privilege. I mean, everything that we get to do raising our kids is a privilege, so. But that's like, and even hunting too. I want to talk about these days, but man, 
you know, being able to hunt, being able to connect with other people that can teach us about it. Those of us that have just a private land, forget about that. I mean, that's unbelievable. Um, and then even the public land access that we have in America and hunting scene that that we have been it's been like bestowed on us by the people in American history by the by the you know to to get the North American model of you know conservation like look at us we're we're, we're we have responsibility to, to bring that into the future big time yeah hundred percent and that's like one of the things I love so much about hunting is just like being so intentional about everything that you're doing you know like making the decision to like pull that trigger or like hit your release or whatever it is and just you know everything that goes into it when you're taking an animal's life and like you know i'm an adult onset hunter so like every deer that i've cleaned has been with my rimfire field mate actually (laughs) and like um i did that on purpose because i like as i was getting into it and like starting being successful after like four years of like not seeing a single deer i don't think um like that was something where like I knew when I started that and like how special I wanted it to be. And like, I, like I chose the field mate as like, you know, this is something that I'm going to start using now. So by the time that I do hand it down to my kid, it's going to have like these layers of story and just like history and blood on it from, from all the successful hunts that I've had. And so that's like, Hunting does that, like, I think few things do, really, as, as far as, like, forcing intentionality and, like, forcing you to, like, pay the hell attention to what you're doing and kind of be in that versus, you know, staring at your phone at the same time. Dude, yeah, absolutely. I've, and I've, uh, I've I've noticed the same, the same things, you know. Um, the things, it's almost like my son sometimes and my daughter, they're the ones who kind of decide what are the special things. You know what I mean? Like, um, like mm-hmm. kind of my son yeah. chose that that skinning time was going to be the special time because he liked it. You know, he's all boys, so he's like blood, guts. Like, he loves it all. He loves every part of it. But I'm able to teach him a whole lot because of his interest in it. I'm able to teach him a whole lot. And so for us, you know, that, that knife's going to be a very special, a very special thing. Um, so just because he, he's the one who decided that like that knife is going to have some sentimental value. And I'm a, I'm a pretty sentimental person already. Um, like I'm kind of in that age right now where I'm 30, 32 years old, got a young family and I'm thinking about the things that like, you know, one day that I want my dad to pass on to me. Right. And so, and so now that I'm thinking about that, you know, I'm also thinking like, what are the things that I, that I want to pass on? my son and it, and it's things that are that are special right and it's got to be things that are quality because you want it to last that long um i know a lot of people purchase the the mr fox vest um right before turkey season that uh mossy oak put out they purchased that for a pretty good chunk of money um but it's built like a tank and it's going to last a long time and it's going to last for generations in their family and so like you kind of get yeah. to that age where you're you're trying to figure out those things and and you guys you know if I wasn't a believer already in uh, in the things that you have uh, built and talked about, like now at this point, after talking to you for as long as I had today, like I'm our, I'm there, right? Like y- y'all put the time, you put the effort, you create something from, uh, it, it maybe almost sounds a little bit feminine, but you create something from your heart, right? Like you, you create something from like that you want to be special. I think it's cool, man. I think it's so cool. Nah, man, I don't think there's uh, anything more fundamental to what it means to be a man than, you know, having the, that that heart. You know what I mean? And, uh, I agree. I, 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 you know, I laugh at the term toxic masculinity because I'm like, there's no such thing. If you're, yeah. if you're a man, you're not like that. Yeah. So yeah. it's just masculinity and not masculine. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that masculinity is self-sacrificing. And uh, But, yeah, I mean, I there's a lot of knife companies out there. Um, there's a lot of handmade knives out there. And so, you know, we really appreciate you just kind of giving us a look because it is, it is like, there's just, there's a lot of noise out there when it comes to um, every kind of brand. I just like, I'm getting to the age too, where I just want to have stuff that I don't have to keep going around looking for it. I want to be bought in and excited to use the thing. Um, and a lot of that is going to come in those intangibles. 
um, you know, this, the information that you're going to have about like, is it made in the USA? Um, what are the, are these people, you know, actually out in the outdoors too, or are they just kind of marketing to the outdoors because they think they can get a little chunk of that, you know, mark, you know, whatever that, that chunk of that pie. So, um, we just want to be able to, you know, like you talked about heart, just like share a little bit of our heart for this. It's a knife. Yeah, whatever. But, um, but like we come along with it. Another thing is we're just, uh, you know, even though we're hopefully going to be producing more knives, we're always going to be a small shop comparably. And, you know, we got the lifetime guarantee. We got the, even the sharpening people send them in for sharpening for free. I want to hear from people. I want to see the knives after they've been used. So, that's another thing of literally having a relationship because we're small enough to where, um, you know, people can call us up or get us on email, um, you know, or come by the shop. That's awesome, man. That's great. Well, we've been talking for a little bit and uh, I want to respect you guys' time. Um, so tell us real quick, just, uh, I guess, James, tell us real quick where people can follow up with you. Um, you know, I think, what you have to offer as far as uh, this, this creative building, creative community, uh, other people listen to this could definitely benefit from it. So uh, tell us where we can learn a little bit more about you and what you do trailhead. Yeah, man. Um, I think the best place to probably find us is at trailhead creative on Instagram. Perfect. Awesome. Great stuff. You guys produce some really high quality content. Uh, Brent, tell us where we can, uh, I, I'm assuming there's going to be several people who want to learn more about uh, Join or Die. Where can people find some more stuff out? Yeah, it's uh, joinordieknives.com and uh, joinordieknives at uh, Instagram and Facebook. We're, we're starting to kind of try to do more on the YouTube because, you know, uh, we want the information out there like that, whatever we can give, whether it's sharpening. Um, I just want to like, be a resource for kind of the casual, you know, person that's curious to like find out like difference between high carbon and stainless steel and, and heat treats, yeah, all those things that are important in the knife world. I think that most dudes that use them never really thought about them, but they're going to probably, you know, once they start to kind of go down that rabbit hole, find it pretty interesting. So we want to be able to provide um, all the information about, you know, all, what we put into it. That's awesome. Great stuff. You guys, thanks for coming on, and uh, yeah, if you if y'all are interested in Join or Die Knives, definitely go check them out on social media. Check out the website. Uh, send me questions, personal questions. I'll have used I've used these knives for for this trip, and uh, plan on using them all fall. So, uh, plan to see more about Join or Die coming from us, fellas. Thanks for coming. Yeah, man. Thank you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. You can keep up with Southern Ground Hunting by following us on Facebook or Instagram or subscribing to the YouTube channel. And you can be sure to check us out at southerngroundhunting.com to pick up some of our merch, read some blog articles, and all that good stuff. I truly hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and we'll see you here again next week. Remember that God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. We will talk to you next week.